True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello. Hello. Welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal. And Renee. Thank you for joining us. We haven't been able to talk to you guys in so long. Renee, how are you doing? Oh my gosh. It's been a long time. I'm doing good. I am uh, so glad that our crazy weather is over. My gosh, yes. I'm sure you guys have been following nationwide, probably been seeing what's going on in Texas with the weather just because it was so out of the ordinary and so many families didn't have power and water. I mean, it's been like, it's been a, I mean, it was declared a disaster area. So exactly. Been a in, nightmare. Just, in just a five day span. <laughs> yeah. And then the craziest thing is it was negative one early, earlier in the week. And today, Sunday, it was 72 and sunny. So that's the bipolar Texas weather for you. Exactly. Um, but yeah, we're super excited to be back here on True Crime Broads and talking to our awesome listeners. And last time on the program, um, Renee had talked about a lady she spoke to who had hosted um, Missy's, unfortunately, her last weekend that she was alive. She was at that Total Transformation Camp Gladiator event in Austin, and she had stayed with the woman who had sponsored some of them at her house, which is really nice. And you know, Renee, you had said that that lady said that she was really jovial and played with her kids and showed her pictures of her kids and was just really in a good mood. So that kind of is like more proof that actually, I think the only source of the information that Missy wasn't herself and there was someone, you know, there might've been someone after her, that only came apparently from that one guy that managed um, Anytime Fitness. What do you think? Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, she, you know, did talk a lot about how she was in a very good mood. She was very happy. She talked a lot about her children. She even played with um, the lady that hosted hosted them there, played with her grandkids. And, uh, so, I mean, but we, we do think it's a possibility, and I know we've talked about this before, that she received the creepy and strange message while she was there. Yeah. But I don't think at that point she really thought anything about it. I think she kind of just was like, what is this? You know, this is weird. You know, and, 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 you know, I talked to Renee Jones a while back a couple of times, and she said that it's not unusual for the trainers with Camp Gladiator to get weird messages like, hey, baby, you know, you look good in your outfit, you know, stuff like that. So she said it's really not that abnormal because they're kind of putting themselves out there. Um, so not that that's an excuse for people to harass them, but you know what I mean? It's just right. like, it's, she said that's really, she said that that part of the case really didn't alarm her that much because they do occasionally get creepy messages but yeah you're right so whatever the content of that creepy and strange LinkedIn message was it probably didn't rattle her that much she showed it to her friend there but hopefully you know it didn't stress her out too much right um okay well also um one of our episode before that we had the huge privilege of having Cheryl McCollum on and if you're listening to this episode now and you haven't listened to that one yet, please go back and listen. It was our first one for 2021 in January. 
our first episode of the year. And Cheryl McCollum is a fantastic guest. I actually went through before and after our, we recorded with her and I've listened to every podcast I could find that she was on because she's such a good guest. She's just fascinating. Right. She uh, is. Yeah. And so um, I know Renee, you and I both kind of had some things that we wanted to go back and kind of talk about that she had brought up in the podcast. You know, one thing that really stuck out to me, Renee, is she said that the perpetrator picks that place for a reason. Um, that she always goes to the crime scene and really thinks about why that place, why then? And, yep. and she said how the person was dressed, that's important. And she also talked about if it was a murder for hire, it would be quick. And she's right. been to thousands of thousands of crime scenes. So I'm definitely, I know you and I defer to her on this. She says that, you know, a perpetrator that's there for a murder for hire is not going to walk around for half an hour beforehand. Exactly. They're going to go bam and get out of there. Um, exactly. So she or said, she said, shoot her in the driveway or something. Yeah, she would have yeah. shot her in the driveway. So she said, you know, it's important to look at why this place, why this town and why this day. So stuff like that. I just really, I love the way she looks at it, the way she breaks it down. You can tell she does this for a living. Um, exactly. And then, you know, she made another good point is if they were there to do harm to the building, not Missy, you know, like the interrupted sort of burglary or the interrupted um, uh, vandalism theories. Yep. She said, if somebody wanted to do something to that church, first of all, in 2016, Easter was already over. She said, why miss Easter? There would have been more, um, there would have been a lot more offerings there. They could have really made a mess and really upset the people at the church to have the place torn up for their biggest. I mean, Easter is the biggest day of the year for churches. Yeah, um, it is. They missed Easter if they were trying to terrorize the church. And then she said, you know, a burglar, when you watch, she said she's seen thousands of surveillance videos. A burglar goes from A to B really quick, A to B to C. They, they're like, okay, we got to get the TV. We got to get this, get this. And they're doing right. it immediately. They're not going to kick around casually for 28 minutes. Yeah, she said that um, it would. they would have started when they walked through the door. Yeah, and if it was vandalism, she said they that starts when they walk in the door too. They would yep. have, she said, they could have taken that hammer and broken some pipes. They could have done some extreme damage, flooded the place. They could have bashed every window out. They, and again, they wouldn't have just barely touched a few things in that first half hour. Right. And, yeah. and, and she said, and I love the way she worded it. She said, I said, well, so I said something like, I, it sounds like you agree with Renee and I that Renee and me that that she was the target they were there for her she goes well she wasn't the target what was you know exactly. yeah. <laughs> she was really the only only thing that was harmed you know really damaged right um, that did that had extreme damage so anyway and then you know she was also talking about most perpetrators will commit crimes more closer to like 2 a.m. where you still have several hours of darkness and also this perpetrator here's the part that I know you and I've talked about this it is so weird how they knew they were going to be discovered soon you know I mean they knew the body was going to be discovered they killed Missy knowing that a class was about to take place that's so crazy right 
I mean, most most killers, you know, kind of hope the body isn't found for a while, but this perpetrator knew her body was going to be seen very quickly. That's just yes. a really one of the many really eerie things about this case, in my opinion. I feel like they, I feel like it was, um, they knew that it was one definite opportunity for her to have her alone for just a few minutes. And I guess yeah. that's all they needed because, mm -hmm. you know, they, they probably didn't know, I mean, you, they would have had to really stalk her to figure out all her comings and goings and, you know, where they're going to be able to find her alone. But they knew that place, that opportunity was going to, was going to be there and there was going to be a short window of time. And I guess they were willing to obviously take the risk and try it out. And it unfortunately has worked for them. Right. Stalking's an interesting choice of words. I agree. Um, so yeah, uh, let's see here. Um, and then she's, um, Cheryl also went down the list of the four reasons why people kill. And she said, number one is sex. She said, that's like a rape crime. Number two, money. Like she goes, I don't think anyone really gained financially from Missy's death. And then number three is revenge. And number four is they're just crazy. And I think what we have in this case um, is probably some combination of three and four, you know? Um, so, and it could be one if they perceived that something happened between their spouse and Missy, but Cheryl had said sex, like more like a sex attack kind of a thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, that was just a real interesting episode. And I just appreciated her so much. We're just kind of hitting on some of the points. You'll definitely want to tune in to hear everything that Cheryl had to say. And she did make another really interesting point. She said, you know, people try to make murders really sexy, you know, like, oh, it's an international gang that wanted to get rid of her. She said, it's never that. It's just Conspiracy. two people's lives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's two people's lives who intersect for whatever reason, you know? And um, so, oh, and she talked about how the police haven't leaked anything and how unusual that is at this point. Because we're coming up on five years pretty quickly. I mean, it's almost March. Um, and that's pretty fascinating that she said that means that your people respect you you know the people respect the leadership in the Lothian police that they've kept their mouths shut um so that was really actually comforting she made me feel a lot better about the investigation what did you think yeah she really did she was able to explain to us how it works and, and the reasons why we don't hear anything you know that we know that there's not a deranged killer on the loose so they haven't like told everybody to lock their doors and be on the lookout for you know this what this that or the other you know whatever so yeah. that kind of did let us know that it this was um you know obviously targeted uh or else they wouldn't be they would be updating us more that's right. And she said there's not been a similar transaction. She said there hasn't been in Georgia, not in Oregon, not within 50 miles of this church. She said it's contained to Missy Beavers. You know, that's her opinion. Yep. And um, you know what I thought was interesting too is I hadn't really thought about this much because I kept dismissing it in my mind. But she said, I'm telling you, that killer did not count on those cameras being there. She said staging the scene was a big part of this crime in her opinion and that makes sense because how can you stage i know i've said this before but how can you stage something on camera you know the whole point of staging is to make it look like something different happened but if you're being filmed setting it up to look like something different happened that defeats the purpose so yeah exactly um, pretty interesting 
<laughs> and so was there anything else you wanted to talk about what she said? Um, I was going to talk about the time frame chosen. I think you talked about that. No damage, nothing taken. Yeah, you covered it. Well, and also, um, you know, we had commented on how calm the perpetrator looked. And this was interesting. This is the first time I really thought about this. As she said, you never know. They could be sweating bullets under that outfit. They could have been talking to themselves. They could have been grinding their teeth. So that was interesting too, because we've always through the years, everybody in the discussion groups and YouTube comments and everywhere will say stuff like, wow, that, that killer was just super calm. And then they sprung into action when they saw her that they might've been completely freaked out. You just can't really tell, you know? That's true. So that was another really, she was full of interesting points. So we'll just leave it there and let you guys listen to the episode to get all the really other interesting tidbits that she brought to this case. It was really amazing. And I hope, hopefully we can have her back on sometime. That was really fun. Yeah, that will, that would be great. Yeah, it really would. Um, so moving on to the next topic, um, did you want to start us off on the obstacles that the killers faced the killer faced yes okay so there was many many obstacles but a few of them that i wanted to touch on of course the rain uh the rain would be a huge obstacle because you know they have to worry about uh and and, and we still wonder how they didn't how they don't look wet so i'm assuming that they came with something and had to change clothes or something that that has to be the reason but that was an obstacle for them um the darkness um the time frame that that had to be a huge obstacle because if you don't plan this exactly right you're gonna you know it's not gonna work for you um and right. then the cameras like we were talking about we don't think that they they knew about the cameras so that was probably huge they were probably you know and, and maybe they wore the i think that the outfit was worn for a couple different reasons but i think that it was um definitely because there's possibility of cameras and so it kind of worked in their favor for several different reasons mm -hmm. uh, so i think that those are some of the biggest obstacles that they had to overcome i think there's so many more and i think that what we'll find this is just my opinion i'm not basing this on anything but just strictly what i'm seeing and i think what's gonna we're gonna find is that this person's probably pretty theatrical probably a pretty dramatic person because they chose to dress up. That outfit was not necessary. Um, and most people wouldn't think of that to put on that much garb. Usually when people want to kill someone, my understanding is you just want to get it done. And if you want to do a disguise, it's not usually that elaborate, you know, people right. will put a ski mask on or something, but that was a lot to put on. I mean, there was a baklava underneath and, I don't know. It just, did you really have to dress up like a tactical cop, you know, to do this murder? And exactly. I think that we'll find that this person likes to dress up. I bet that when we find out who it is, if we look at their Instagram and we look at their Facebook, if they're on Facebook and see that this isn't the first time that they've gotten theatrical, they may dress up on other occasions. Um, and let's see here. Um, yeah, and I agree about the weather. You know, we talked about that on the Cheryl episode is rain can keep me from going a half a mile to my Kroger grocery store 
this person, in my opinion, was super committed to this plan. They, nothing, they were just, I don't know if they were drug fueled or if it was strictly just the rage that was fueling them, but they were definitely being propelled forward in an abnormal way. They weren't deter deterred by the terrible pouring rain. And you remember that night, it was pouring. It wasn't just, yeah. it wasn't sprinkling, it was pouring. I mean, this person wanted to kill Missy and it had to be that night. Exactly. And you know, another uh, obstacle that I'm thinking of would be um, leaving the scene would, would be, an, I mean, yeah. it would be an obstacle because you don't know where you're gonna end up in the church and you're gonna have to, so they had, I guess they had to familiarize themselves with, you know, walking around the church and the exits and so forth because you don't know where it's going to take you. So you're going to have to be able to get out quickly. Right. Yeah. That's a huge obstacle. And you're in a, I assume they were in a car. Um, Cause honestly, a lot of people have said they probably left on foot, but if you go running across 287 dressed up as a tactical cop, that's going to cause everybody's head to turn. And it's not totally dead in the middle of the night. Like a lot yeah. of people think 287 has a lot of through traffic of people going from you know, one place to another, um, outside of town, you know what I'm saying? Like going through the town. Right. Where mid, they don't live in Midlothian. That's not their destination, but people would, if, if somebody saw the surveillance camera, which everyone did the next day, pretty much. I mean, it was a nation, it was an international story for a while. And anyone who saw someone in tactical garb running in the rain, they would remember that and report it. So I just yeah. really felt like they just jumped because, and they were so dry. Like you said, when they came in, we don't see necessarily they weren't glistening with rain or anything so they must have pulled their car up and gotten out i think that would have been way too risky to uh to um try to leave there on foot yeah especially in that weather yeah um and Maybe a lot get of a fast getaway because people were very soon after they left people were you know pulling in to wait to be in this class so Right. And do you remember all the, all the motorcycle rumors? I yeah. just, never, I couldn't get into that. They were saying, yeah, they took the motorcycle through the, you know, back through the woods or whatever behind the church. And it's just like, has anyone ever ridden a motorcycle in the mud? That's a mess, you know? Yeah. And it's a mess to ride in the rain and they're very loud. If you're trying to make a getaway, the last thing I think you'd want to do is crank up a motorcycle but what do I know but I just never really under I never could get people to tell me where they got that from it was usually just speculation they're like I, oh, guess they're, I guess they're just thinking of ways that you could leave undetected but the thing about it is unless you've actually been over to the church and I know I've talked about this several times on several different episodes the way the church sits so if you're you know standing out in the middle of 287 facing north the church doesn't sit um what am I trying to say? Parallel to the to the highway, it it actually sits adjacent. Uh, yeah, it's at an angle, right? Yeah, it's at, it's an a, an angle. So when you go up the driveway, you actually can't. Like if you pull up the driveway of a house, you can usually see on that side of the house. You can see, you know, on that side or whatever. If the if the driveway's facing straight, but this driveway, the way that the church is angled you can't see on that side of the church because it's like at an angle it's it's it goes it goes north and then it takes a then it starts turning towards the east and then of course it goes all the way around but the way the church is you can't see over there so they were actually in my opinion 
and I think I think this is actually a fact, not just my opinion. They were hidden. So if they would have been back there, even when somebody was leaving, they wouldn't have been able to see the car. So they would be pulling over around by where Missy was parked in her truck or whatever. And then they could have drove out. And again, you wouldn't be able to see them unless you were just staring over there at the driveway. You know? I agree. Yeah. That would have been, I guess, one of the advantages of the whole thing, but. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, we talked about this over the years that, and so many people have said over and over, wow, this was meticulously planned. This perpetrator had been planning this for months. I really think, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, I think that luck played into this. And I think maybe even a little stupidity. We have a lot of people have said how smart this perp was, but just smart people who plan well do they really kill someone a few minutes before people are supposed to arrive how about the exactly. early arrivals we've talked about that exactly. was, I just remember my dad talking about young guys that would get in trouble and end up murdering people and spending life in prison what a shame you know making horrible decisions at 17 18 19 years old you know like shooting a clerk at a 7-eleven and he I just remember my dad saying you know, some of these young guys are a, a really dangerous combination of brave and stupid. And that's just a dangerous combination. And, that's true. and I kind of feel like this perpetrator, at least that night was brave and stupid. And it just, everything worked out to their advantage. I mean, I, they got away with it for almost five years. Exactly. Um, I don't think they're going to get away with it much longer, but I think that there was just a lot of lucky breaks for this perp. Right. I agree with you on that one. It, it's unfortunate that they got so many breaks, but you know, um, I guess the old saying goes, you can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and yeah. unfortunately the police aren't going to stop looking. So nah, and they can look all over, you know? Yep. You can run, but you can't hide. Um, so uh, along those lines, I was thinking that I kind of have a feeling that I've never really thought this before now, but I think that the killer could very well be listening to this podcast right now. And I just want to speak to you directly and say, I think it would be a really good idea if you would turn yourself in, you might be able to cut a deal. This is going to be a capital murder charge and death row is not fun. I think you'll do better just sort of in a general population part of the prison. And you could probably, you could probably plea that out if you come forward and you're honest right now. Not to mention the um, turmoil that you put your family through. I mean, that is huge. Yeah. And if this person is just a total narcissist, obviously they're a psychopath. Anyone that can absorb back into life and just blend in after killing someone like that in such a bizarre manner also, this person clearly doesn't have much of a conscience. But yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's time to stop torturing everyone, including yourself. Because honestly, yeah, like you said, that's gonna be really embarrassing when the when the police come and haul you off. And it's gonna be a big deal. They're They're gonna surround your house with guns drawn everyone's going to be talking about it and you probably love attention, but it's not going to be the kind you like. I would turn yourself in. You could probably plea this down to murder and maybe, maybe not get a complete life sentence. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know enough about it, but I know you can, 
you can keep yourself from getting the death penalty. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. The main thing is you could avoid the death penalty. And it's not just the death penalty itself. It's just death row is hideous. Yeah. If I had to be in prison, I'd rather be in the general population. I think. Absolutely. I hope I I don't have to find out, but (laughs) this person will. That's for sure. Uh, Absolutely. Well, we're going to do another episode pretty soon because we have missed so many weeks of getting to record. And our next episode, we're going to go into more detail about who the killer is and their attributes, um, what we know so far. One Um, of the things that we want to... we want to make sure and uh, talk about on this episode before we, before we forget, I know, I know I always forget, um, is we had our one year anniversary on the 15th. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so we, um, we wanted to talk about it, you know, being our one year anniversary. Um, I wanted to point out just a couple of things I thought was pretty cool. We are now have been listened to by people all across obviously the U.S., but in all 50 states, and then, of course, some other countries. Um, our top four states are, of course, Texas, California, Georgia, and Florida, and then our top cities, and I thought this was interesting, so that's why I'm sharing it. Our top cities, Mesquite is number one. That's amazing. Uh, isn't that interesting? Um, and then, of course, Lithium. And then Waxahachie, Dallas, and Frisco in that order. And it used to be Waxahachie and, and, and Mesquite were tied, but it sounds like Mesquite's bumped up over Waxahachie. Yep. yep. That's Mesquite interesting. Is, yeah, Mesquite is first, and then Midlothian, and then Waxahachie. I thought that was, I thought that was interesting. I was like, Mesquite? <laughs> well, unfortunately, my brother passed away in August, but before that, he had listened to a few of our episodes, but I don't know anybody else in Mesquite, so that's interesting. Yeah, I, I went to Mesquite schools what, right before I moved um, out to Reddick when I was like, I think I was like 11 or 12 when I lived out there. But anyway, I don't know anybody else that lives there now. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe it's your old junior high friends tuning in. Right? <laughs> the problem, none of them live there anymore. But Well, we, um, are just, we are just so incredibly thankful for anyone that is listening to us and is interested in Missy's case. We There's a lot of cases that mean a lot to us, so please don't think that we don't care about other people in other cases we certainly do we just really both had a personal connection to this case and we just really really decided to make this I mean this is our passion we just decided to make our podcast primarily about this because we think about it all the time and we talk about it a lot and it's um it's high time that this thing gets solved I think that Brandon and that's Missy's husband her three daughters her two brothers her mother they hadn't lost Missy's dad that long before they lost Missy, like what, 18 months, something like that. Yeah. You know, this family has been to hell and back and it's really time for the person who caused all this pain to pay up. It's only fair. Yeah, exactly. Very much so. Um, I don't know what I was going to say. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, <clears throat> oh, you know something Cheryl McCollum said that I just thought of? She said the media is one of the best tools that law enforcement has to solve crimes and they should use it, you know? So we were just kind of asking her what she thought about the media being so quiet and, you know, and that's another reason what 
that we were propelled forward into doing this podcast is we wanted to be a voice for Missy's case because we felt like there was an absence of that in the media. So, um, you know, that, that just kind of popped in my head what Cheryl McCollum had said about the media being important. She talked about how Oprah had found someone just by announcing it on her TV show. She has millions of watch, you know, people watching and they were able to figure out who this guy was pretty quickly. Law enforcement couldn't do that by themselves, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she has a pretty, pretty large following. So I can, you know, like she made a comment, she said, you know, how many people go to, um, you know, their local police department's Facebook page and look at it, unless something's going on, mm -hmm. you know, something's yeah. going on, they're going to be like, hey, what's going on over here on Main Street and Second Avenue? Or whatever. Yeah. But other than that, they don't ever go there. But, um, you know, so that's not right, right. where you advertise and that's not where you talk about it. You give it to the media outlets, like you said, and you get this out there. So yeah, that's, that's right. Well, I think we're done for the evening. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We're going to have our next episode very quickly because we're really going to nail down some attributes of the perpetrator. After five years, I think we've got a pretty good idea um, of who this person is as far as what to look for. And so we will run that down on the next episode. If you have anything else you want us to go over, please let us know. Please, um, please like us on Facebook and follow us. And if you wouldn't mind following us on Instagram, we're on there as True Crime Broads. And we look forward to talking to you soon. Good night. Good night. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Take a tab. I cut you fast. You at a gas.
you took a tab. Yeah. Yeah. My country fast. fast, fast. You at a gas. Yeah.